Welcome to Marfa Public Radio Puts You to Sleep. I'm your host, Zoe Curland, here with my co-host, Chris Dyer. Picture this. It's 1967. The most popular song in the nation is To Sir With Love. The most popular movie is The Graduate. And look at you. You've graduated into a place in the hallowed halls of an important national institution that happens to smell like dust and popcorn. You're seated in a rigid chair, looking upon the Senate floor. You're party to a hearing. Senators are talking to each other in low tones. The hum of discussion fills your ears as you sink deeper into your seat on the sidelines. They're discussing the future of broadcasting, the public kind, and the results of those stunning conversations, the Public Broadcasting Act of 1967. Here's Marfa Public Radio's Executive Director, Elise Peppel, and the Public Broadcasting Act of 1967. The Public Broadcasting Act of 1967, Subpart D, Corporation for Public Broadcasting, Section 396. A. Congressional Declaration of Policy. The Congress hereby finds and declares that, one, it is in the public interest to encourage the growth and development of public radio and television broadcasting, including the use of such media for instructional, educational, and cultural purposes. Two, it is in the public interest to encourage the growth and development of non-broadcast telecommunications technologies for the delivery of public telecommunications services. Three, expansion and development of public telecommunications and of diversity of its programming depends on freedom, imagination, and initiative on both local and national levels. Four, the encouragement and support of public telecommunications while matters of importance for private and local development are also of appropriate and important concern to the federal government. Five, It furthers the general welfare to encourage public telecommunication services, which will be responsive to the interests of people both in particular localities and throughout the United States, which will constitute an expression of diversity and excellence, and which will constitute a source of alternative telecommunication services for all the citizens of the nation. Six, it is in the public interest to encourage the development of programming that involves creative risks and that addresses the needs of unserved and underserved audiences, particularly children and minorities. Seven, it is necessary and appropriate for the federal government to complement, assist, and support the national policy that most effectively makes public telecommunications services available to all citizens of the United States. Eight, public television and radio stations and public telecommunication services constitute valuable local community resources for utilizing electronic media to address national concerns and solve local problems through community programs and outreach programs. Nine, it is in the public interest for the federal government to ensure that all citizens of the United States have access to public telecommunication services through all appropriate available telecommunications distribution technologies. 10. A 
private corporation should be created to facilitate the development of public telecommunications and to afford maximum protection from extraneous interference and control. B. Establishment of the Corporation, Application of District of Columbia Nonprofit Corporation Act. There is authorized to be established a nonprofit corporation to be known as the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, which will not be an agency or establishment of the United States government. The corporation shall be subject to the provisions of this section and to the extent consistent with this section to the District of Columbia Nonprofit Corporation Act. C. Board of Directors, Functions, Duties, etc. 1. The Corporation for Public Broadcasting shall have a board of directors, here and after in this section referred to as the board, consisting of nine members appointed by the President, by and with the advice and consent of the Senate. No more than five members of the board appointed by the President may be members of the same political party. 2. The nine members of the board appointed by the President, A, shall be selected from among citizens of the United States, not regular full-time employees of the United States, who are eminent in such fields as education, cultural and civic affairs, or the arts, including radio and television, and B, shall be selected so as to provide, as nearly as practicable, a broad representation of various regions of the nation, various professions and occupations, and various kinds of talent and experience appropriate to the functions and responsibilities of the corporation. Three, of the members of the board appointed by the president under paragraph one, one member shall be selected from among individuals who represent the licensees and permittees of public television stations, and one member shall be selected from among individuals who represent the licensees and permittees of public radio stations. The members of the initial board of directors shall serve as incorporators and shall take whatever actions are necessary to establish the corporation under the District of Columbia Nonprofit Corporation Act. Five, the term of office for each member of the board appointed by the president shall be six years, except as provided in Section 5C in the Public Telecommunications Act of 1992. Any member whose term has expired may serve until such member's successor has taken office or until the end of the calendar year in which such member's term has expired, whichever is earlier. Any member appointed to fill a vacancy occurring prior to the expiration of the term for which such member's predecessor was appointed shall be appointed for the remainder of such term. No member of the board shall be eligible to serve in excess of two consecutive full terms. 6. Any vacancy in the board shall not affect its power, but shall be filled in the manner consistent with the chapter. 7. Members of the board shall attend no less than 50% of all duly convened meetings of the board in any calendar year. A member who fails to meet the requirements of the preceding sentence shall forfeit membership, and the president shall appoint a new member to fill such vacancy no later than 30 days after such vacancy is determined by the chairman of the board. Election of the Chairman and Vice-Chairman, Compensation of Board Members. Members of the board shall annually elect one of their members to be chairman and elect one more of their members to be vice-chairman. Two, the members of the board shall not by reason of such membership be deemed to be officers or employees of the United States. They shall, while attending meetings of the board or while engaged in duties related to such meetings, or other activities of, of the board pursuant 
to the subpart be entitled to receive compensation at a rate of $150 per day, including travel time. No board member shall receive compensation more than $10,000 in any fiscal year. While away from their homes or regular places of business, board members shall be allowed to travel and actual reasonable and necessary expenses. E. Officers and employees, terms of office, compensation, qualifications, and removal, policy, party affiliation, political test or qualification when taking personal actions. One, the corporation shall have a president and such other officers as may be named and appointed by the board for terms at rates of compensation fixed by the board. No officer or employee of the corporation may be compensated by the corporation at an annual rate of pay which exceeds the rate of basic pay in effect from time to time for level one of the executive schedule under section 5312 of title five. No individual other than a citizen of the United States may be an officer of the corporation no officer of the corporation other than the chairman or a vice chairman may receive any salary or other compensation except for compensation for services on the board of directors of other organizations that do not receive funds from the corporation on committees of such boards and in similar activities for such organizations from any sources other than the corporation for public services rendered during the period of his or her employment by the corporation Service by any officer on boards of directors of other organizations, on committees of such boards, and in similar activities for such organizations shall be subject to annual advance approval by the board and subject to the provisions of the corporation's statement of ethical conduct. All officers shall serve at the pleasure of the board. Two, except as provided in the second sentence of subsection C1 of this section, no political test or qualification shall be used in selecting, appointing, promoting, or taking other personnel actions with respect to officers, agents, and employees of the corporation. F, nonprofit and non-political nature of corporation. 1. The corporation shall have no power to issue any shares of stock or to declare pay of any dividends. 2. No part of the income or assets of the corporation shall inure to the benefit of any director, officer, employer, or any other individual except as salaries or reasonable compensation for services. The corporation may not contribute to or otherwise support any political party or candidate for elective public office. G. Purposes and activities of corporation. Powers under District of Columbia Nonprofit Corporation Act. 1. In order to achieve the objectives and to carry out the purposes of the subpart, as set out in subsection A of this section, the corporation is authorized to A facilitate the full development of public telecommunications in which programs of high quality diversity, creativity, excellence, and innovation, which are obtained from diverse sources, will be made available to public telecommunications entities with strict adherence to objectivity and balance in all programs or a series of programs of a controversial nature. 
B, assist in the establishment and development of one or more interconnection systems to be used for the distribution of public telecommunication services so that all public telecommunications entities may disseminate such services at times chosen by these entities. C, assist in the establishment and development of one or more systems of public telecommunications entities throughout the United States and D, carry out its purposes and functions and engage in its activities in ways that will most effectively assure the maximum freedom of the public telecommunications entities and systems from interference with or control of program content or other activities. Proposals for the provision of assistance by the corporation in the production or acquisition of programs or series of programs shall be evaluated on the basis of comparative merit by panels of outside experts representing diverse interests and perspectives appointed by the corporation. And nothing in this subparagraph shall be construed to prohibit the exercise by the corporation of its prudent business judgment with respect to any grant to assist in the production or acquisition of any program or series of programs recommended by such a panel. C. Make payments to existing and new public telecommunications entities to aid in financing the production or acquisition of public telecommunications services by such entities. Particularly innovative approaches to such services and other costs of operation of such entities. E. Arrange by grant to or contract with appropriate public or private agencies, organizations, or institutions for interconnection facilities suitable for distribution and transmission of public telecommunication services to public telecommunication entities. G, conduct directly through grants or contracts, research, demonstrations, or training in matters related to public television or radio broadcasting, and use of non-broadcast communication technologies for the dissemination of non-commercial educational and cultural television or radio programs. H. Make grants or contracts for the use of non-broadcast telecommunication technologies for the dissemination of the public telecommunication services. I. Take other such actions as may be necessary to accomplish the purposes set forth in subsection A of this section. Nothing contained in this paragraph shall be construed to commit the federal government to provide any sum for the payment of any obligation of the corporation which exceeds amounts provided in advance in appropriation acts. To carry out the foregoing purposes and engage in the foregoing activities, the corporation shall have the usual powers conferred upon the nonprofit corporation by the District of Columbia Nonprofit Corporation Act, except that the corporation is prohibited from owning or operating any television or radio broadcast station, system, or network community antenna television system, interconnection system, or facility, program production facility, or any public telecommunications entity, system, or network, and b, producing programs, scheduling programs for dissemination, or disseminating programs to the public. 4. All meetings of the board of directors of the corporation, including any committee of the board, shall be open to the public under such terms, conditions, and exceptions are set forth in subsection K4 of this section. The corporation in consultation with interested parties shall create a five-year plan for the development of public telecommunication services. Such plan shall be updated annually by the corporation. 
CPB, and Rural Place, thanks in part to decades of bipartisan congressional support public broadcasting has largely achieved the Public Broadcasting Act of 1967's universal service mandate to provide all Americans with free, over-the-air access to public broadcasting's programming and services. Today, more than 95% of the U.S. population is able to access public broadcasting over-the-air signals. This reach could not have been achieved without a significant federal investment in rural communities throughout the country as well as the efforts of thousands of Americans employed by local public television and radio stations in those communities. The Corporation for Public Broadcasting, CPB, a private nonprofit corporation which acts as a steward of the federal investment in public broadcasting and the public broadcasting system as a whole, have long recognized the special challenges that rural public broadcasting stations face in providing service to their communities and in helping achieve the goal of universal service. Many of these small stations operate in communities with limited financial resources and high poverty. Below is a snapshot of the public broadcasting system in rural America, as well as an overview of how CPB policy has evolved over the years to support rural stations. 247 of the total 549 radio and TV grantees are considered rural. Of these, 85 are public television station grantees and 163 are public radio station grantees. During FY 2021, CPB provided more than $190 million to support operations and programming at these stations, which represents 43% of our total appropriation. Rural stations leveraged this funding to raise $519 million in non-federal funds including $152 million in state funding, $48 million from colleges and universities, $34 million from foundations, and $38 million from local businesses, and $238 million from individual donors. All told, this represents a return of over $2.70 for every appropriation dollar. These rural stations employ over 5,785 people. According to Station's most recent financial reports to CPB, rural stations depend more on CPB funding than urban stations. CPB grants represent 19% of an average rural station's revenue, versus 10% for the rest of the industry. More than half of all rural grantees, 135 stations, relied on CPB for at least 25% of their revenue, while 50 rural stations, many on Native American reservations, relied on CPB funding for at least 50% of their revenue. Rural stations depend more on state government funding than urban stations. State funding represented 18% of an average rural station's revenue, versus 9% for the rest of the industry. 30 rural stations relied on station government funding for at least 25% of their revenue, while five rural stations relied on state funding for at least 50% of their revenue. Rural stations have a harder time raising money from individual donors than urban stations. Individual donations represented 23% of an average rural station's total revenue, versus 34% for the rest of the industry. Due to the low population density of its audience and the fact that they often operate multiple transmitters to reach remote areas, Broadcasting and engineering costs are higher at rural stations than at urban ones. 
and represent 20% of the average station's total expenses versus 18% in the rest of the industry. CPB policies support rural stations. As stated above, CPB and the public broadcasting system have long recognized the special challenges that small public television and radio stations face in providing services to their communities and in helping achieve the goal of universal service. Direct station grants or community service grants are by far the largest station grants provided by CPB, representing nearly 70% of the annual appropriation. CSGs are used to augment the capability of public broadcasting stations supported by CPB to expand the quality and scope of their services to their communities. By statute, CSGs must be used for purposes related primarily to the production and acquisition of programming. With regard to public radio stations, since 1998, CPB has provided incentives to encourage stations to extend public radio service to rural areas and to minority listeners, which has resulted in greatly expanded service to those audiences. When calculating a station's annual CSG, a multiplier is applied to a station that serves an area with 40 or fewer persons per square kilometer. CPB also has a rural support grant through which rural grantees are eligible for additional financial support. Similarly, a public radio station that serves a primary minority audience receives a multiplier in its CSG calculation. Many of the stations that serve minority audiences are, at the same time, serving rural areas, including a number of Alaska Native stations and those on the Navajo and Hopi reservations in the Southwest. Marfa Public Radio Puts You to Sleep was produced by me, Zoe Kurland. And me, Chris Dyer. Our executive producer is Elise Peppel. We hope you're asleep, but if you're not, help us continue to read our boring documents and do our jobs well by donating to the station at marfapublicradio.org donate. And if you are asleep, this is us, planting a seed in your subconscious. When you wake up, Donate to Marfa Public Radio at marfapublicradio.org slash donate.